Today we're joined by that Avila's guy, of course. Yo. And uh, today we're getting into Shine's debut album. Um, came out in 2000. This album, so the reason why I wanted to do this album, Shine is in, he's resurfaced in a way, right? In a mm-hmm. major way. He's back in He's back in the States. He's a diplomat. Um, he's been in Belize since, since 2000. So he's, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Just so people, an actual diplomat. He didn't join Dipset or anything of that nature. He's an actual diplomat. Thank you, Danny. You're right. Um, And he's been away from the States since 2000, right? No. No, he got locked up. He went went away um, in like two, like in, no, yeah, he got charged in 2000. um, And I believe like he got sentenced in like 2002, 2003. Okay. And he came, he did 10 07? years? No. He did 10 years. He did 10 years. Or nine. He did 10 or nine years, so it was 09 to 2010, and he got deported to Belize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as he came out. And he wasn't allowed to come back, and he's been away since. And um, and I think the reason why I wanted to do this album was because I think since he's resurfaced in a way, I thought it would be fun to kind of revisit where he was going. And um, and with this album, this album even came out after he was already incarcerated. Yeah, and um, it came out this yeah. month. It came out September. Yeah, mm-hmm. came out September 26th, to be exact. And uh, I think it debuted at number five. He had some songs that was that was doing really well for him. He had the Bad Boy single. He had Bonnie and Shine. That's Those classic two, songs. That's Gangsta. Yeah, and they still get played. Not um, That's Gangsta. Uh, that's Gangsta, no. Yeah. But Bonnie and Shine and Bad Boys, for sure. Like, those mm-hmm. still get played. Um, so... I thought it was cool, like, I don't know if you guys, I don't know how it was out here, but, like, when he came out, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of people kind of steered away from him because they, there was Biggie comparisons, like, in his voice. Yeah, so, when Biggie first, I mean, when Biggie, excuse me, when Sean first dropped, a lot of people felt like he sounded like Puff, and the funny thing is, like, Biggie, like, like Biggie, I'm sorry, guys, I'm having brain farts, so, there was a bidding war over him because he was ghostwriting for a lot of people, and um, he was making a lot of noise. And Puff wanted him really bad to sign him, and like every record label, so like Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre and them wanted him. Um, uh, I believe Arista wanted him. Like, and Puff was able to like, you know, work yeah. it through and get him. And a lot of people felt that way. Like, I think like Little Kim like was um t- like throwing shots at him in songs. Like, stop trying to sound like my yeah. man. Like there was that. also rumored. There was also rumored at the time because Clark Kent discovered him and introduced him to to Puff. It was rumored at the time that Puff uh, in person right there after him freestyling for Puff, there was rumors of him getting millions of dollars off the rip, three cars of his choice, and a house. Like like that that was always rumors and, and about which isn't true. Yeah. I'm, I'm ninety. It's the nineties. He, he didn't. He didn't get millions of dollars. I, yeah. I believe like he got a large sum of a, th- a couple thousands, and I believe mm-hmm. he got a Benz because yeah. his car he crashed. Because around this, around and, and from in, in ninety nine, like Sean was in the news like every mm-hmm. other week. Um, mm-hmm. If you look back, like he was getting into car accidents. Um, he dated a couple R and B chicks. 
Um, I forgot I forgot their names. I, I, I had my notepad, guys, and I left it at home. I'm so sorry. I had the list of, of the young ladies that he Historian dated. Historian was not prepared um, today. Yeah, I was not prepared today. Um, and it was just a lot of shit that, like, he had going on. Like, he, he was really, really, like, out here because he was immersed in the industry already because he was a ghostwriter. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of artists that he was already around. So and once he, he got young. on and got signed, yeah, yeah he, was, he was 19. Yeah. yeah. Like, so and when he got signed. But what I want to talk about is his humble beginnings because – the crazy thing is, is like when you first hear Sean, you think that Sean, like, all right, he is from Brooklyn and he grew up gutter, right? But he kind of didn't have to do any of that shit. Like his father was a, 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 a part of the House of Representatives in Belize always. It just so happened that his mother and father broke up. His mother came to New York and she kind of didn't want any help from his father. So yeah. his father just like, I, like didn't know. His father didn't know that he was living the life that he was living mm -hmm. because Sean kind of like went towards that, that rough lifestyle. But like, do, do do you guys know that his as well as his father, his aunt and his uncle are both a part of the Belize yep. government. Yeah, and like work in like work on the House of Representatives. So mm -hmm. it's like he it's it's kind of like Prince Harry coming to the United States. <laughs> it's part of a um, fucking pop career. It's crazy. Stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because um like watching old Shine interviews, like in prep for like us talking about it, he talks about. He, I forget who interviewed him, but he was on some some show. I think it was BET or something. But he, when they when um, the conversation comes up about his parents, he doesn't really have much to say about his dad. And I genuinely feel as though he didn't really know that much, especially as he knows now about his family history and um and like what his father and, his, and the dealings of his dad, because like he only talked about he talked about his mom and you could kind of tell he wanted to throw some shots at his dad. Um, I think obviously they're in a much better place now, mm -hmm. um, but that was interesting to see, especially like knowing what I know now. He's actually spoken out about it about how reconnecting with his father has uh, been um, great for him and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was uh, he actually was living in Belize till he was eight, and then moved to Brooklyn at eight, and was only spending the summers out there. But you know, like you guys said, he didn't really have that connection because mm -hmm. his father was always working and things going on. So he, he was able to uh, experience both sides, and I kind of feel like that gave some, at times, I don't even feel this is the album, you really hear it. It really gives his sound and styles uh, a little more depth, from you understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, especially on this album, he uses Grace Jones um, samples twice. Um, I, and I believe that was for the Bad Boy um, song, and, and for Bonnie, yeah, Bonnie and Shine and Bonnie Bad and Boy. Shine, yeah. And, and Bad Boy, there's Grace Jones samples. And the, one of the Grace Jones songs is a song that was um, performed by Iggy Pop. I just can't remember the name of the song, but it's and it was written by David Bowie. I was I, I swear to God, I wish I had my notepad. I was in my fucking bag for this album. <laughs> I, I fucking robbed the shame with my fucking samples. But um, you know I will, nigga. But yeah, Puff and Puff had a good, and we could talk about Puff's dealings with this album too, because um, he had a great, he had his hand filled full on this album. I can't get my words. But I think he he produced, not only did he executive produce the album, of course, he produced at least six of these tracks. Um, and then he had a Neptune's beat on here. I thought that was dope. Especially Neptune's around this time. Their, their sound was really, really different. Yeah. Um, so here's my thing about the album. I think a lot of the songs would be better if they were cut about a minute and a half. Absolutely. Um. I think that some of the, uh, well, a lot of things for beats, I feel like in that era when 
I feel like Bad Boy wasn't quite sure what to do. They had a lot of weird filler beats. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he got stuck yes. with a lot of weird filler beats. Oh, that's my biggest gripe with um, this album. Yeah, I think I think when they was working through it, they would just be like, "Yo, I need something." And like, I think, well, I'll say this much: I think that Sean is really good at storytelling and is not expounded upon in on in this album, right? He is pretty good. Um, he has, and then me and Danny talked about this before we got here. He has an obsession with the drug dealer Alpo Martinez and Nikki Barnes. And it's very, very interesting because he's from Brooklyn, number one. And number two, both of these men are prominent in Harlem and both of them are snitches. And that's something that he's very much against, but like he but he uses their stories to kind of like mirror him telling his own stories. Like um, on one of the songs on the album, he's pretty much telling Nikki Barnes in a commission story. And but he kind of like flips it at the end to make it seem like it's him, but he paints the picture so well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a second, this is Nicky Barnes' story that he's telling. And I'm just like, damn, like, this is actually really good. And yeah. I, I wonder why, well, obviously I know why he was in jail. But I wish that someone could have asked him, like, yo, what is your, what it, do you, is there a fascination? Like, do you have something, like, where, like, you know, you read the story about Nicky Barnes and learned about Nicky Barnes and it really, like, you know, like, ran into you or something? But he... I don't. Nobody's ever devouring that, but I always noticed that. Like that's his thing. Even his nickname is Sean Poe. Yeah. After Alpo, right? So it's just very, very interesting that those two drug dealers, right? Prominent drug dealers, or who, like, it, it, even though like they're like kind of like the faces of drug dealing in Harlem. I just think it's very funny. Like he 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 had a a very a vast array of drug dealers he could have chose from to like idolize or yeah. like paint the pictures of, but I guess because they were so flamboyant over the top, he chose them. Yeah, I think yeah. I think a lot of a lot of different rappers do that though, right? Um, obviously, um, what comes to mind is Biggie with with Frank White. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think for whatever reason that would be a good question, but for whatever reason he attached himself to them, and it does it is kind of puzzling that they're from Harlem, so I don't really see the attachment to it. Um, but I did want to talk about this intro for this album, um, Dear America. Dear America. Cause it's so it's it's really fucking good. Like it's Yo. it's crazy how relevant it is. Like when you read it, like um, the way he the way he starts it off. I'm only what you made me, young black and fucking crazy. Please save me. Uh, can't you see it in my eyes? I'm hopeless, fearless on the outside, gun on the side, shit. And then he talks about like food stamps and and um, being on the block and how. America, if America was to step up, a lot of niggas wouldn't pick the route that they picked in life. Like, he mm-hmm. he really went in, and I think it's, you know, it's an outlet and an outlook, I should say, that um, a lot of people would agree with still. I love it. I mean, like you said, it's a perfect depiction. It's a mirror. It's like showing a mirror, like, I'm your child. Mm-hmm. And he Look did that so well. Yeah, like, yeah. He, didn't go, he didn't go to jail. Like, I felt like they really could have got some legs on this song because... Like, like we're about to find out. Like, he had some good singles on, like, that could have come. He could have had five singles off this album. Yeah. Yeah, he could have. Um, I think also seeing where, because this is the undeveloped shine, right? I think Godfather Buried Alive tells, is him more, as most well-rounded as we saw him as an artist before yeah. before everything went down. Um, it was no, that's pre- after. Well, after, sorry. Godfather, after, yeah, that was while recorded he was while he was in jail, yeah. So it was while everything went down that uh, that I think when we saw from the Shine album, at least it was just a little glimpse of like what he could do. But Godfather Buried Alive was more fulfilling. Like it, the production was better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the singles where eh, he had that single with Ashanti. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, Jimmy Choo's or something yeah, was it? Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Choo's. Jimmy Choo's. Jimmy, Jimmy Choo's on yeah. One Hundred Six and Park. Yeah, yeah. That song sucked. Um, yeah, but but I thought this would this was cool because it was rough around the edges. Obviously, they, like he had more to go, a longer way to go. He was only nineteen. But it's some good shit on here. I mean, we mentioned Bad Boys. What You Gonna Do is a really good track, too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so, and then also, what else on here? It's been some shit. Yeah. The only thing that really takes this down is the production. Yeah. Oh, and nah. shout out to Harf Pierre. I didn't like Bang. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What shout out to Harf Pierre. Harf Pierre doesn't get a lot of credit. He was very instrumental um, around this time at Bad Boy Records. He was pretty much running Bad Boy Records while Puff was um, trying to take care of things with Sean John. And Harf Pierre also was very prominent on the Making a Band series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I know he's still like in business with Puff, but I do not see him at all anymore. Like, I don't know like if he just chose to be like yeah, super Yeah, I don't see him at all scene, either. But we don't see Harf Pierre at all anymore. Like, he's a dude that like, he looks like a baby. He's bald-headed, like, kind of chubby. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, so it's just... It's just I, I just wanted to talk about that because like he's he, always he mad, helped Sean like, again. Greasy mouth. <laughs> That's what you're talking about. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he had the juice lip. Yeah, he says it was. He's like, nah, I know who you're talking. About. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, the juice lip. Um, <laughs> but yes, pause though. I mean, pause. Yeah, I guess so. He said he got the greasy mouth. <laughs> um, he has. He also has some dips on this album. So let me see your hands. Is like a really really lazy. I could tell that was Diddy's telling him like, "Yo, you need something for the club, Playboy." Even with the even with the um, there's certain Damn, structures we, with the uh, <laughs> the rhyme patterns in that specific song mm-hmm. th- that that you're like that I really understood the big comparison even more because mm-hmm. it was one thing with the tone of sound, but there's literal style of beats and rhyme patterns that you're like, "Wait a minute, somebody told you to do like this. this is not you." Yeah, this is. It feels like when when Cam talks about when he was recording. Um, SDE. SDE, and he's well, like... I mean, Confessions of Fire, they yeah, kept comparing him to Biggie. Confession, mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's what it reminds me of. It's like, oh, you you listen to them, though. Yeah. Like, and it didn't work. Because it, it's just your voice sounds so much like him. You can't escape that and then do that little... I unless think, you're, unless I really you're think, embracing it. I think, I think Puff didn't have as much to do with this album as we think, personally. I think I think this was more so a hard Pierre project. And they just had to turn it into Puff. Because, like I said, at this time, Puff was kind of removed from the music part. And he was more so trying to become a mogul with Sean John and then moving into Ciroc. And I obviously, you know, this has made me, maybe just me putting on my cape for Puff. <laughs> just saying, I don't think that he can. But but we've heard Puff's most polished work oh, no, for no, artists. No. So what I don't I'm think saying that. Is, um, what I'm saying is I don't think it was specifically Puff. I just mean people who okay. happened to be around Big at the time who happened to be around Sean when he was recording. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. okay. That's all. That's okay. I'll take that. But uh, but yes, overall, I do think I think this album is not the best intro to Shine, but I think it's one of those that you kind of have to visit if you want to get to know him as an artist. Like right. You, you just have to. In today's time, this debut album would have been his mixtape. Yes. Yeah. yeah it would have been absolutely. his mixtape, and it would have got. It probably would have been considered more impressive than being his debut album because mm-hmm. he would have had time to be become polished. I just think it's really unfortunate that what happened with the shooting at that nightclub that night happened because um, none of it had to happen. Like it literally was just yeah. like machismo and like male ego. Yeah. That night, like 
dude mistakenly bumped Puff. Puff said, yo, say sorry. The dude said, fuck you. I got more money. Throws his money at Puff. Mm-hmm. They get into an argument. Sean pulls his gun out, shoots it in the air, mistakenly shoots a woman in the face. His life is over. You know how wild your life gotta be. That, <laughs> That's like, a wild life story. That, of you know how wild, <laughs> how wild your life gotta be to say, "Yo, somebody push my man's. I'm in this club. I'm gonna shoot in the air." Like what? <laughs> Welcome to the '90s in New York. That's like wild, he, he, bro. he, or he legit could have just swung on dude. He could have just pushed. It could have been so many other things like that. That like really was uh different. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just like. There's so like, many other ways they could have went about that. Like, it's sto- it's think about this. Guys. He's next to Jennifer fucking Lopez. Yeah. This and, and this hood ass nigga just pulls out a gun and starts shooting. Granted, yeah, she's from the block, wild. from the Bronx. Like, you know how scared Word. she had to be. Yeah. She Fuck. got so scared she ran. That's she, not she her went. first shootout. She's been around. I think it was. Yeah, probably, it probably was. All right, Jenny's from the she block. Play, she played. She see. She brainwashed you. No, no, no. She from the blog, but she not like. Yo, Gen- Jennifer Lopez is from like. I right, put it like this: Jennifer Lopez is from the Bronx, right? So is Wesley Snipes. So is Denzel Washington. And Wesley Snipes throws himself out of windows easily. What I'm saying is, is just that. Like, do you think that any of these other people were from the like around shootouts? I don't think that they were around. Wesley shootouts. Snipes, yes. Yes. Wesley Snipes left the Bronx when he was like 18. He he oh. became a famous actor and moved to Hollywood immediately. I I, I just think like. He's that believable of an action hero that yes, I think he did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just what I'm okay. All right. I get I'll that. Leave that. All right. Cool. Yeah. Let's I'll, I'll leave that at like. So, that. do you guys think that? But I think, but oh, I just sorry, wanted go to ahead. go uh, to add to that point. It is a um, it is a it was a loyalty thing. He he just was overextended and showing his loyalty in a way he didn't have to. A lot of artists do that, like in the past. I mean, Young Buck stabbed somebody at the Vibe Awards for Dr. Dre. For Dr. Dr. Knife. And, and I guarantee you, he hasn't heard a word from Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah, he is. Exactly. Dr. Dre hasn't asked him how how he's one, doing. It's one of those. Shit. It's one of those things where where hood niggas get an opportunity that they not trying to lose, and they felt or yeah, these two people felt like they just had to prove their loyalty in the, in those moments. Shit, Beanie Siegel. Yeah, Beanie I mean, Siegel with I mean, everybody Jay, yeah. in Rockefeller. Yeah, Jay, yeah, Jay, Jay did a lot for Beans, but like I think Beans thought like he was forever golden with Jay. Yeah. And yeah. I think Jay had a limit with that nigga. Like, yo, you got he was like, yo, you could you going to jail for attempted murder. I, I cannot yeah. be see, associated see, with you. Even, no, no, no. See, even that, I think from from what it seems, I, I think Jay was cool beans, but he had to create that distance. I feel like once Beans started speaking on shit is when Jay was like, Oh, I really can never fuck with you. Yeah, I think Jay was like, I'm gonna put you on hold for two years, but oh, Oh, you can't, you can't. Yeah. All right, you're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Um, So with this album, right, like I remember I had a friend of mine that told me that he, that he would consider this album like one of the best albums that came out that year in 2000. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I don't agree. Like I know that it's one of the most like, contra- it was a controversial project, but it wasn't, one of the better rap albums that year. I don't Honestly, even think it's top ten. There's so many albums. I'm looking at I'm looking at two thousand rap albums now. Yeah. There's so many albums that get that album out of here. Yeah. Stank Supreme, Supreme Clientele. Mm-hmm. Marshall Matters. Marshall Matters. Like um, Water for Chocolate. Back, back for, the, for the, first the first time. Luda. The Dynasty. Let's Get Free. Dead Press. Notorious Kimball's Hard. The Truth. Mm-hmm. Beanie Siegel. Mm-hmm. Anarchy. Busta. Country grammar was hard too. Yeah, country, country grammar was <laughs> amazing. Country grammar was hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when when my friend was telling me this, I was like, I get that Sean made a hard ass album, but I don't think that he, you know, what I'm saying is is outdoing anyone. Also, pun. 
Mm -hmm. Just just want to put that at the out there. Head Mega in Charge came out. Wow, Head Mega in Charge came out in two thousand. Wow. Yeah, and that year, that year, Prodigy won Lyricist of the Year. Rest in peace, Black Rob. Life story was pretty solid. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah. I mean, so to your friends, I don't, I don't see your friends' point there. I think sometimes I feel like sometimes now because because we have this platform, we have this, so I think sometimes people just be want to argue with me. Yeah, I agree. That happens to me a lot, oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. All, all the time. Yeah, I have one friend that Facetimes me daily, and just <laughs> no matter what, I can say it's cold outside. He be like, "Nigga, it's hot." <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I feel like we we have like. Is there anything else that we want to do before do we get to the rating? Okay. Do you think he can still rap? Uh, have you listened to? Did you listen to like the the songs that he put out like um seven years ago? Um, he had a song called Roller Song, and he had a couple songs like where he was dressed like a Hasidic Jew and he was in Paris. Did you listen to those songs? Nah. Um, oh, actually, um, I he's to not a Hasidic Jew. It's a different sect of Judaism, but he is now a practicing Jew. No, I'm not saying now. I'm talking about seven years ago when he was dressed like I believe Weird Al Yankovic and the and the Amish Paradise vi video. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he you have to yeah. understand that's a certain sect of. Religion that 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 you're 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 offending. Mm -hmm. so oh no, I didn't think I was. A, I thought he was an Hasidic Jew. No, because he was dressed like one. He had the curls. He had on and, a black and, hat. He and had no, on a no, black and white. There's similarities because they're they're all Jewish, but mm -hmm. it's different sects. Okay, so I'll Judaism. just all right. I apologize. Like so a Catholic to a Jeho uh, Je uh, uh, born again Christian or uh, okay things like so that. So he was dressed. He was dressed Jewish. But what I'm saying is, is he had the curls. He had the black hat. He had on a black suit. Mm -hmm. So uh, and he was living at, when he was living in Paris, but. Okay. Long story short, I was describing how he was dressed. I really didn't talk about his religion. I was just talking about how he was dressed. I'm sorry. Orthodox. Orthodox, Jew. yes. Okay, he was an Orthodox Jew, right? So he had a song called Roller Song, and like his voice sounded good and it sounded clear. It just wasn't working. It just, know. but like he put out music and like the the tone was still there, but like the subject matter, like I think it was going over our heads because he was he was his experiences were different. Yeah, and I think like it was just time for him to move on, but it. You want to know what was really funny is seeing him now. So when he was at Fat Joe's birthday party and he spoke, mm -hmm. and it looked like he was a fish out of water because he was at a party, and even though like he's gone like to at other a hip hop party, yeah, at that. like in New York, in New York, yeah. like he's gone, like he he at one point he was going to Paris Fashion Week like yearly and going to other things around the world. He just couldn't come to the United States, but you can tell like in New York City, like, like he gets a different feeling, mm -hmm. and it looks like he's like, yo. <laughs> It's Chill, yeah, yeah, like, like he's like, damn, I don't got a gun on me, do I? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like weird. Like, mm -hmm. at Fat Joe's birthday, you could tell, like, when he gave the words to Fat Joe, which was dope. I didn't know that um, Fat Joe held him down like that while he was locked up. So that was mm -hmm. cool too. I didn't I know feel they like had a that lot connection. of people held him down. Um, I think Ju Jewels was one of the main people. Champ, I wonder how their relationship is. Come to think about it, back when when Sean was locked up, every other word out of Jewels' mouth, it felt like was him saying, "Free Sean, free Sean." And um and we gonna do this when Sean get out. We gonna do that. So I wonder how that is. Imagine how besides that it is to be to come back twenty years later, twenty one years later from you being locked up, right? The last time you've been in the United States, to see somebody like Fat Joe as happy, positive, that he's dapping up people he had beef with. Imagine seeing all these entities from nineties. New York. That's a lot, bro. A lot. All that energy. Imagine coming back to see Fat Joe is fucking with Jay. Yeah. Like in 2021. Mm -hmm. Like having one of those, look at us. 
who to thought moments. Yeah. Like like that shit I'm pretty has sure, to be overwhelming. Well, I'm pretty sure that wasn't his first. I, I would like to think that Fat Joe didn't just invite this nigga to the party and they didn't link up before that and speak privately and catch up. Well, I don't think that he had time, bro. Like he like he came here, he had to go to Atlanta because the reason why he, he came to the United States, he was going on like visits to go to speak at houses because um, he wants Atlanta to become a sister state to Belize. No, he wants Belize to become a sister state to Atlanta mm-hmm. because he wants people to travel to Belize more because Belize is, like, even though it's, like, a, a vacation destination, it's still a poor country. So, yeah. like, they need more tourism mm-hmm. so they, to, to generate money. And, like, pretty much he's over, like, the, the musical aspects of the country, and he wants more tourism to come. So he basically kind of, you know how uh, when we were kids, like, we, we saw that image of that woman with the Jamaica T-shirt? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Jamaica had partnered with the United States and pretty much like, and they, and they come to Jamaica. And yeah. So pretty much for Belize, he's trying to do that and he wants more people to come there as a destination. Oh. So he had legit meetings that he had to go to yeah. and things that he had to do. So I I really genuinely think, I could be wrong, but like, I think, yeah, like when he came to the party, he, that was his first time seeing Fat I Joe mean, in person. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and even if it wasn't the first time he's seen him, it's that many people around. Even if he'd just seen Fat Joe, it's still a whole party That's of true. mad people. Shit, yeah. imagine him seeing seen. Nori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Whole new set of teeth and all that. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. That's a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. A lot. Um, what, what waffle rating out of five would you, would you guys give this album? I would give it a... I would give it a two and a half. Um, I'm giving this a two and a half. Yeah. I'm giving it a, a out of five. <sighs> two and a half. It's between two and a half and a three because it's not bad. Yeah. It's not a horrible album. There's enjoyable moments, mm-hmm. but it is not a, a great album. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah. I give it three waffles. The reason why I give it three waffles is because the lead singles are that. Like to me, the lead singles are like I enjoy the lead singles that much. Yeah. Um, Bad Boys, Bonnie and Sean, that's yeah. gangster, and the intro alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Save, save, give, give the album that half a point <laughs> from it being right. a two and a half. Those are for me, so man. I give it three waffles. Like those, like think about it for your, think about Bad Boys being your debut single. Yeah. Like how how that's impactful crazy. that is, right? Because I feel like that song's going like that. That's his. Song like he, oh, he, I only need that nigga to perform that song ever, mm-hmm. and he's straight, right? Yeah, he's good. And then Bonnie Bonnie and Sean Bonnie, was a song, and then Bonnie and Sean was a song. Bonnie and Sean too, yeah. Was a song that you remember when you was in high school and you were write a girl, and you'd mm-hmm. be like, "I'm in third. Where you at? Third period. What time? What's what class you in? You say all that shit. The song you think about Bonnie and Sean. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. you write had a little note like, "Yo, what's up, boo? Thinking about you." I, 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 I'm going to see you after gym class. You know, please be by my locker. <laughs> all that shit, you know? Like, yeah, like, kids don't do that no more. But nah, that's what my nah. old ass was doing. Nah, they don't do that at all. <laughs> in high um, school, I definitely tried to take my number, put in your purse, and call me. And, and didn't answer. Okay. At all. On the telephone. Um, <laughs> uh, what you call it? No, yeah, so I, I see the logic behind that. I give it a two and a half because, I mean, those songs do ring off. But I think the rest of the weight of this album really, really brings mm. my score to what it is. Um, Don't go to Brooklyn for a little while, though. <laughs> yeah, a big thing of it is I kind of feel like the tracks that are more upbeat and up tempo are kind of my least favorite on here. Because besides um, the singles, because they feel forced. They feel super forced. They f- they feel like uh, it feels like they they heard. It feels like he heard Big's album and was like. Let me get one of those. I don't think so, cause Let none of them are none of them are good. Flow wise, flow wise, I mean, I don't mean I don't even mean um With actual production. quality of song okay. or production, cause if you listen to 
literally his cadence and that that's where I catch it. I'm like, oh. and I feel like the slower, um, calmer beats on here, he excels, and that's when he gets into his bag, yeah, mostly. And I think that that that's just his lane. I don't think we need to hear him on, uh, these fast paced beats if he's not mm-hmm. going to be properly produced on them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and again, like I said, I think that storytelling is something that Sean doesn't really get recognition for, like how he should. Agreed. Um, but if that's it, guys, you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take us home, man. Um, and in conclusion, though, I would like to say that uh, with the resurgence of Shine, you know, whether good or bad of how you feel about this album or how we rated this album today, I th- I still think that it's worth revisiting. Um, you know, for it, do it, do it, give it as just do. You know, just give it his time, listen to it, feel how you want to feel about it, but then go into his second album and see how he was developing. And, yeah. you know, at the end of that, you can wonder how shit would have panned out for him if he wasn't dealt the cards he was dealt. But, um, yeah, we here now. So I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. And we're out of here. See you guys next time. Peace.